Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hello, welcome to the British Canoeing Coaching Podcast. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the England Talent Programme. This week is Mental Health Foundation's annual Mental Health Awareness Week. The theme for this year is anxiety. So for today's podcast episode, we'll be discussing performance anxiety. In this podcast episode, we'll be chatting to two senior athletes on their personal experiences of performance anxiety and the techniques they use to manage performance anxiety. My name is Daniel Thompson. I'm the Talent Operations Coordinator for British Canoeing. Joining myself with discussions on this topic area today are two senior athletes on the World Class Programme. First of all, we have Laura Sugar. Laura was the women's KL3 Paralympic champion at Tokyo 2020 and has won gold in the past two seasons at the World Championships over this distance also. Hi, Laura. Hello. And we also have Lewis Fletcher. Lewis is a senior canoe sprint athlete on our World Class Programme where he's been on the senior team for the past seven years. Hi, Lewis. Hello. And also joining myself, Laura and Lewis, for these discussions is Sophia Campbell, who is British Canoeing's Performance Wellbeing Coach. Hi, Zoff. Hello. So it's uh, great to have all three of you um, here today. I'm looking forward to chatting about all things around performance anxiety. So to start, I want to talk about your um, experiences of performance anxiety. So I'll start with yourself, Laura. What's your experiences around performance anxiety? And what's that look like for you? Um, I think for me, um, performance anxiety and kind of nerves and building up to competition is something that, well, in my experience, every every single person has. Um, and I think for me, I it's a really useful tool. And I feel horrific during like the build-ups and races. Um, and I struggle with nerves a lot, like the physical symptoms of the nerves in my brain are normally fine, but my body always like really hates well, I symptoms, physical symptoms. I struggle to eat, I feel really sick, and then I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, but I've always had it, like I've been really fortunate, I've just been coming for a few years, but I was a, um, did athletics and hockey beforehand, and every single time I felt nervous, I've always produced my best performances. And I think for me, the changing point is whenever I felt nerves and performance anxiety or butterflies, I feel sick, that is is actually a useful tool for performance. It gives you extra adrenaline and it makes you go faster. I've always gone faster when I've used those nerves. I think it's key to embrace the nerves because I think where you can mess up is if you start panicking about being nervous or worrying about being nervous you waste energy thinking about being nervous and I think that's where people go wrong and it I hate it when coaches teachers at school are like oh don't be nervous you shouldn't be nervous go and enjoy yourself it's like it's a good thing to be nervous and if you're nervous it means you care so rather than to try and teach people to not be nervous and not have performance anxiety it's actually teaching people how to embrace it and how to use it to their advantage because it is an advantage. Um, if you just, the only form it can be a disadvantage is if you spend energy worrying about being nervous and then you can kind of not have enough energy for the race. Um, so I think that's, that's the key to it is actually a good thing and to embrace it rather than stress about it. 
Yeah, as, as you said, there's there's quite a lot of benefits to performance anxiety, which we'll kind of go into in this podcast episode and, and kind of then want to hear about how you potentially manage your performance anxiety to get the best out of your performance. Uh, because as you said, there's all, um, you know, it can, it can be a good thing and it, it helps you to um, do better sometimes. And um, some of those physical symptoms of the nervousness, butterflies in the stomach, is that something that you yourself have, Lewis, as well? Or you've got any other symptoms that you have uh yeah i mean the laura should pretty much covered it all really um there's a, the typical nervous they're just not not wanting to eat um that one certainly rings true for me we spoke about the nutrition podcast last week with eating things that you're just comfortable eating with because at the end of the day yeah like whatever makes you more comfortable is gonna be um or whatever easiest to, to eat is just yeah, it's just a stressor that get that takes it like that you don't need. Um, but certainly, with with what Laura's saying, with nerves is a good thing. Certainly, I look at performance anxiety as as in there's a you've got a, a sweet spot, so you don't want to be over anxious and over hyped for something where you're not you've not got clarity of mind. Um, where you're just crazy. Um, certainly I, I don't think that's that's healthy or or, or um, good for performance but by the same notion that under that line um, you're not up for the race enough so there's definitely a sweet spot to it um, getting over nervous is not a good thing and under nervous is also not a good thing so there's finding that sweet spot and I think everyone's everyone's different and everyone's got their own own sweet spot which they need to find that's just, that that's I think where people come that's where people talk about experience matters is um how to deal with your nerves is that experience knowing where your sweet spot is you see a lot of certainly when I was a kid I'd get overhyped for races I'd get over nervous for races or even tried to shoot under it I remember certainly when I was growing up Usain Bolt was an idol of mine and he was the most chill guy you would ever see in the start line he was the first person I ever saw to be dancing and all the rest of it and it was like oh well I'll try that next time so it's I went above and below that sweet spot line um and through my career I've I've kind of honed in on what what I feel is um best for me um and one the, the biggest thing for me actually that helps my performance anxiety is being prepared if I feel prepared for the racing if I feel I've done everything I've I can do there's there's not much to get nervous about other than just wanting a good result if I know my timings, if I've done the work I've needed to do, that's that's being prepared for me. Um, it makes a big difference. So you've both mentioned that nerves can be beneficial for your performance. I think that's really interesting and probably something that our younger listeners might not necessarily have heard before. So I wonder if you can explain um, physiologically why you think that kind of anxiety, those nerves, can actually help your performance. Uh, Laura. I think the key for me is that that bit of adrenaline, like we're, we're both sprinters. I don't know, you know, I don't have experience over real long distances if that if that makes sense. But I guess when I relate it back to hockey, it still would help when I played a 70 minute game. So I guess it still does. So that that spike in adrenaline does help you that little extra edge um, that if you use it as Lewis is in the right way, if you don't get over nervous, if you get that sweet spot. And for me, that's in controlling, not getting 
not being like I'm nervous and then overthinking and overthinking your race yeah. for me that's then hitting that sweet spot is I know the nerves are there I know the butterflies are there I then don't have to stress and overthink stuff so I think yeah, yeah that spike of adrenaline I if you choose to use it 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 does especially with with a power sport um it it gives you that extra edge and also just that extra fight as well in the in the last in the last bit of the race because you've got that adrenaline those nerves yeah and if you haven't that's the big if if you haven't gone over that peak and started stressing too much about the nerves and gone over that hill you still have that energy to then that fight in the last 50 meters that if you did a time trial and you had no nerves you might kind of conk out a bit quicker whereas having that bit of adrenaline and those nerves really brings that fight out of you because your brain's in that that fight or flight mode so i think so in two two ways probably for the peak energy at the start race but also carries you through at the end yeah there's a there's a lot of psychological models um, around this around them there's that optimal level of performance anxiety and you know, what you were talking about there laura is um, you know having that sweet spot and then how, how that's aiding your performance and and similarly yourself lewis and um i know when we said that sometimes you're below that um, line and sweet spot and kind of you alluded to it a little bit laura um are there any sort of techniques you have lewis that when you feel like you're not getting there or you are over and over anxious and then you need to take a moment and what do you do to try to get yourself to that sweet spot uh so like i said earlier it's being prepared so that's one thing that stops me from being over nervous so if if i'm if i'm feeling a bit too nervous and a bit above my sweet spot i i try i rein things in a bit i go okay i've prepared as best i can my training has been optimal i've done the best i can in, in my training in the lead up my prep into the race has been good i.e my taper and my and my few sessions before has have been have been good i sit back and i um i trust in the work i've done so if it, and that that is purely by process of of doing the work if i if i know i've not done the work i can't trust that i can't trust the work that i've done so when i turn up on the start line i am trusting i, I look at certainly sprint it's i know it's probably a little bit different in slalom but in sprint we turn up on the start line with a race plan and to execute that race plan perfectly to deviate from that is is typically not good um so all i'm doing is i'm as i'm following out what i've done in training weeks prior it's just everything's just a little bit more on on edge kind of thing so and again that's where what laura's talking about with that heightened anxiety that gets that little last little bit out of you but i can turn up in the start line knowing my prep's been solid and I can trust that prep and rely on that prep to, to get me through the race. Um, when we're talking about maybe being under the anxiety levels or under that sweet spot, it probably just means you don't care enough. Um, but I've never really had that issue where I've not cared enough. So it's kind of, but that, I mean, there are races, I guess you turn up to, but then that that is purely indicative of, of maybe the race you're doing. If I turn up to, um, a regatta that there is nothing on the line it's not selection it's not british champs it's not europeans worlds whatever if it's a, just a, a domestic regatta where i'm going up for a bit of a hit out yeah i'm not going to be um as nervous i'm not my performance anxiety is probably not going to be in that sweet spot but i think you just have to accept that 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 is 
that's normal that's natural and i think as well the other bit to this is not to not to lie to yourself and say um not to try and bring out an anxiety that, that isn't there or 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 pretend to yourself that you're not nervous because it's just quite confusing for your for your brain to deal with so feel what the feel feel the emotions you're feeling there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong to feel those emotions of oh my god i'm really nervous you can rein that in by going oh, but actually i have done the work or actually why am i nervous about what time i'm supposed to be in the water because i've checked that three four five hundred times yesterday and i've got my watch on my wrist so i don't need to be nervous about that but don't lie to yourself that, oh i'm not nervous about that i'll just pretend i'm not nervous about that accept you're nervous yeah. and then tell yourself but actually i have no need to be nervous because i have checked that i have done my due diligence my boat is up to weight my um i have checked and i have planned my day all these sort of things that um again that's all that's to me that's being prepared for your racing if you can if you are prepared you can trust on that on that preparedness and readiness mm -hmm. that that is what brings you back to that that's what recenters me anyway um but also learning to accept that this is a big occasion i'm okay to be nervous i accept i'm nervous once you accept that you can deal with those nerves yeah and i wouldn't be surprised actually that example you've given of usain bolt performing on the start line like that is probably a bit of the show i'm sure he's feeling the nerves in an olympic final yeah, yeah. Um, but, but again that's probably his way of um i mean i've never met him obviously but that's his way of dealing with his nerves he's, yeah. he's quite accepting in the um on the warm-up track he's he's just as nervous as everyone else just yeah. as, but how he deals with his nerves maybe it isn't by thinking i'm prepared maybe it is i don't know but how he expresses himself and how that how that looks and how that emotion plays out is just quite different to how other people yeah. other some people get really aggressive and and um and whatever but and that's just their how, how they display their emotion that's that's not necessarily how they're feeling but well, I, point yeah. there about the fact that everyone is going to be nervous you're not the only one feeling that even if it doesn't look obvious you have you can remind yourself that everyone else on this start line is, is feeling very similar to me it's not just me experiencing this like i think that's quite a good coping mechanism as well I wonder if we can ask Laura for some of her coping mechanisms as well. Yeah, as a, actually, I was watching Lisa Carrington's interview after the New Zealand trials, and she was literally this weekend, and she said exactly how, and I was like, it made me feel so much better that she felt like it, that she's literally said in her interview that she always wakes up and is like, why am I doing this to myself? Why do I do it? And that's literally the thoughts that go through my brain, and you're like, there's this unbeatable force like her that yeah. and she still feels that so that knowing that everyone else feels like that definitely helps um i think for me as I say like as lewis says to know it's okay yeah. and we say about experience and some people are thinking oh, i don't have that much experience but then embrace getting experience that you're not going to do it right in every race so i think you know of rather than thinking i've got to do every single race perfectly then you go right if it goes really well it goes really well if it doesn't then i've learned for the next race yeah. like we're only at this stage because we've raced those and we've worked out what works for us to know to deal with performance anxiety so like that it is okay to try different things rather than just try and stick to the same thing if it isn't working try something else if it doesn't work fine do something different in the next 
the next race and I think that's really key rather than thinking you've got to be perfect every single time work it out like I definitely have like those you know strategies I used to try and say like make myself nervous and as Lewis said it's probably the ones I didn't care as much about and that it, you know it, you get nervous if you care it means it's a good thing you know you get nervous I think for me I definitely with canoeing my strategy at the moment is I as I said I don't want to I know I have the nerves I know I have the bus fly and I have complete trust in myself that when I got the start line I will do my absolute best mm-hmm. like I've had races where I've nearly fallen in where I was in the start bucket wrong but those things happen we're in a sport where water conditions change like you're not going to have the perfect race or the perfect conditions every time so embracing that and trusting that you will do your absolute best in those situations like it might not go perfectly but you will do the absolute best that you can on that day and I think if you are confident in that that you can deliver the best race plan that you possibly can or the best race and just trust yourself and I think that for me I've learned to trust myself that no matter how sick or rubbish I feel before a race I trust that I'm going to go out there and do my absolute best and leave everything out there and empty the tank. And so I don't have to sit and think through my race plan over and over again. Some people that might work for me that I, I know my race plan by the day I get to racing. I'm not going to change it on the day of racing. I might want to go over it a lot weeks prior but on the day of racing. I, I know there's a few, three different cues that I think of when I'm on my land warm up. I, I don't want to waste energy during the day. That's what I think when I'm nervous, if I sit and think about being nervous mm-hmm. for me, the, the biggest killer would be to waste energy and to then feel exhausted when I get on the start line. And I have done that. I did that in athletic before. I did a massive race. I, I was so exhausted by the time I got on the start line that I just had nothing left. Draining. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, for me, my land warm up, I actually, I listen to podcasts and like literally before my Tokyo final, I'm, I'm, I don't have kids, but I'm a fan of the parenting podcast with like Rob Beckett, Beckett and Josh Whittaker. And it just distracts me. It don't, I don't, it's nothing to do with canoeing. It's nothing to do with sport. And I was in the warm-up room in Tokyo listening to their podcast, like laughing along, and it just distracted me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not focusing on my race. It just distracted me from the nerves. I'm still doing my warm-up. I still know the process. It's ingrained. And then obviously when I get out in the water, then you're moving and you're going, and those nerves automatically calm down when you're out in the water. And that's when, then when I lead up to the bucket, I literally go, right, the three things I'm thinking about are literally how I'm, the angle I'm getting in the bucket and my start moving the boat. I don't even worry about the second part of my race because... That's not happening yet. I worry about the second half race when I'm in the race. And I think, yeah, for me, that distraction really helps. Mm-hmm. Might not for some people, but it definitely helps me not waste energy on thinking about nerves. Because yeah. they're there and they're going to be there. They're not going to disappear. So that for me is a, is a huge strategy. I still use it. I used it last weekend um, before our regatta, like on my land warm up of just that that distraction. Yeah. Um, I think it seems to help at the moment. Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, I've definitely heard that before from other athletes in similar positions. So clearly that there's something in that. Um, I think it's, I'd like to kind of highlight the point you said for our listeners, younger listeners who might be really struggling with nerves um, around, you know, not just accepting it, but also reminding yourself, as soon as you get out there on the water, they disappear and you end up enjoying it more than you expect. So I really wouldn't want someone to listen to this and think, gosh it's too much like why do I you know why do I put myself through it actually remember you do enjoy the sport and it's just a short time you know it's almost a short time pain <laughs> the same me, way you yeah. get training <laughs> for me it's the, the worst bit is waiting for your race yeah that is because all you're doing is you're just sitting waiting for something to happen you're waiting for the moment where you you're trying to you want to perform 
And it's just about having strategies around that to to either calm you down, like Laura sitting have listening to podcast. That's not something I'll be like. I like you also hear people listening to music. I don't like that. I just I don't even really know what I do to be honest. I just kind of bimble about, speak to people. Maybe I sit on my own. Maybe I sit and and feel the nerves that I'm feeling, and that that's not a problem for me. Nice. I, I think it, find that little individual thing that that you like doing whether that's even going for a sleep if that's like try it if it doesn't work it doesn't work and you you can do that for next time like there's there's 101 different ways to deal with anxiety or, or performance anxiety and um i think yeah for me it's it's accepting that you're nervous accepting these little things that then can only then can you actually deal with them you can't deal with those anxieties about racing or whatever without accepting that they are there um i think that's that that that's what helped me is accepting that they were there and then i can deal with them it sounds it sounds like um both yourself lewis and and what you've mentioned laura there you you've learned over time you, you've tried different um techniques and you you found out what works best for yourself and um, for younger paddlers, it might be, you know, they're still trying to work out what's best for them. I'm keen to know whether there's anything that you communicate with um, your coach um, and do they, do they help you in that process? And do they know what works best for yourself and how to get the best out of you when you're you know, maybe dealing with that performance anxiety? Yeah, for me, I get quite quiet when I'm nervous. I'm, I'm normally rather loud um, but on race day I'm normally a lot more quiet and yeah I think I've had to chat that we have changed groups this year me and Hannah had that discussion that we practiced it last weekend of you know what she wants to say to me some coaches some people want to be like talk their whole way through their race plan before they race I don't like that I want as little as possible I just want to be told you're great go do it even if I'm not great just tell me I'm great and that'll help me um and or just to say like I think the, the word trust so she tells me she's like look trust yourself back yeah. yourself like not necessarily trust yourself you're going to do an amazing time but trust yourself you're going to do the absolute best you can mm-hmm. and that thing is key for me and we have those discussions of what actually works for me and I think that's really helped of I literally as I say I try and water down my race to two or three cues because the more I think like the more energy I'm thinking about thinking so I'd actually I'd rather think as little as possible some people like to think a lot through the race I don't so I just need like three words in my head and that's all I need to do to do the race so actually extra kind of talking to me and talking things through will actually just scramble my brain more whereas I know that there's other people that that might be the other way but I think that conversation with a coach and as Lewis says trying things like don't expect to be have the perfect strategy nailed down straight away like it's actually really good to try out loads of different strategies and then you'll work out what's best for you now's the time when you're younger and developing to try out loads of things to make mistakes it's actually better to make loads of mistakes because then you learn from them rather than be perfect every single race so having that open communication dialogue with the coach yeah. and you know, had that conversation with your coach and kind of worked out what the best for, for both of yourself there yeah. yeah yeah and don't underestimate the um impact that this stuff can have you know nerves might seem like something like we should all expect that to be there and we just deal with it but actually as i hope we're hearing today these senior elite athletes are really prioritizing that as a conversation to have with their coaches and something to work on 
um, it's not a small part of the race that it's actually quite a big part and can really affect your ability to deliver so don't feel you know don't feel silly to ask your coach about it they they will certainly understand that it's a big part of performing and, and similarly actually um i know um, we talk yourself and your your more individual um events but um lewis you you kind of do a lot of kubo k k2 k4 events um you know it's also having that conversation um with your fellow teammates around and understanding what performance anxiety might look like for your teammates as well is that something that you discuss amongst each other as well for sure i found um especially if you've got a good team around you anyway having um sitting in a crew boat is actually you share the nerves um which feels really nice that's um actually that relaxes you a bit because you you feel that the others are nervous as well so you you don't feel so alone i think that i think that's actually what what's really nice about crew boat racing is that um you don't feel so alone of feeling nervous something that probably gets forgotten about a lot is is understanding your teammates um there's people i've raced with that um they've got their stressors around racing and all of a sudden they start doing mad stuff that you're like you don't understand or that you, you they've never done before or or they get stressed about stuff and start wanting to to change stuff or change this that the next thing if you've got a plan and a process that you've discussed a few weeks prior or or whoever whatever you come with the you you're you agree with that person that that is what we're doing on the day if they start to get stressed let them be stressed like you can support them but the way they deal with it if it's not how you would deal with it that's okay mm-hmm. um i think getting have been in yeah having been in crew boats with, with people that that do weird and wonderful stuff when they're nervous let them get on with it because that is just their way of coping with it um like everyone's different um and it goes for like it's a bit of a it, it shows that what me and laura are saying today and how we deal with our nerves isn't going to work for everyone it's going to work for a few people and, and maybe someone will use a bit of what laura's saying a bit of what i'm saying some people will use anything they'll be the ones that go and have a sleep in the back of the back of the car before a race i certainly couldn't do that mm-hmm. um but it's important to understand that everyone's different and everyone deals with it differently and that if you're in a crew boat with them you need to let them do that and that's yeah that's accepting that that's um yeah good good point um lewis have you got any piece of advice or experiences of family supporting you um when you've had that performance anxiety uh yeah so i used to be an athlete much when i was younger i hated uh family down i really because I used to come down from Scotland, so um, it's quite a bit of a way. So every time my mum especially would be saying, do you want us with you? Do you want us with you? I said no every time, pretty much. Um, I really did not like them down. Um, not that I felt like I was, they were getting in the way or, or anything. I just, for whatever reason, I just didn't want them down. Um, so I think as I, as I grew up and I got a bit more mature, I realised that having them around... Um, is not a hindrance um i think that was just a bit of maturity from me so but certainly when i was younger i i actually i'm really thankful for them for the fact that they respected that and they actually um 
that was that was the support level I wanted of of them just not being there. Um, so I think it's important for for parents, not that they necessarily would think they're doing any more than just supporting, but that is that effectively is your is your role to support the child um, and to to be there and and do as, as basically as they ask for for probably for one one weekend a year or however many weekends they race. It's maybe the 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 kid that's maybe a little bit in charge um of what of uh of what goes on a little bit you are there to support um if if they go nope i don't want you around or can you do this can you do that that's that's what that child is is looking for is a bit of support um so that that to me that is um that was what i would have what is what i want when i'm racing is is just that support from parents and if that means i'm asking for less support that even though you're maybe feeling that you're giving less support, that is actually supporting them. Um, don't maybe overdo it if you think that they need this out of the next thing. That's something that I think a lot of a lot of parents do, especially my mom does. She she tries to, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you? Want? And I'm just like, mom, go away. Like, I just need a bit of space. Um, if I need something, I'll ask. That's my maturity coming through. Of, and the the relationship I've got with with my parents is that. I'll tell them no. I I don't need that, and I can say that to them, and that's not a problem. I don't feel bad for saying that. Um, but certainly, when um, when I did start having my parents back down, um, living in Nottingham, I don't get to see them that, that much, so they do come down for racing now. Um, I kind of they're pretty good now, but certainly when they first started coming down, I gave them rules of of don't come speak to me at this time. <laughs> give them times to speak to me. I didn't let them out to international competitions for a long, long time as well. Um, and then the first time they came out, it was actually pretty easy because they're not allowed in and around the athlete areas in the boat sheds. They can't actually get to me. So um, I would let them know when I was available and I'd come out and see them. But um, yeah, just for me personally, I don't like that over support. Um, support me by being there. And if I need you, I'll ask for you. Um, that's how I deal with it. Some people are very different. Some people love having their parents down and they'll do everything for them. And that's that. That's healthy as well. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just not me. Yeah, I, I think the general advice is really good in, in that. Um, just having that conversation with your parents before an event, so that they're clear what you want from them, and that it doesn't lead to any, you know, awkwardness on the day or like being put in a position where it, you feel like they're overdoing it. You know, if you've had that conversation in advance, you can just say, look, remember what we talked about? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I need from you today. And hopefully, well, I'm sure all parents would be on board with that. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I know we talked before this podcast episode, um, I remember having a conversation with a parent and they reminded, they were talking about their experience. They had a support in their child and they said that, um, oh, well, I thought my child didn't really do very well, and but actually he come he come off the water and thought he did really well. And the reason was, um, he was executing had a race plan that he was executing, and he he executed that perfectly to to his race plan. Um, but yeah, it's actually sharing that with the, your your parent. Oh, that today I'm actually doing this, mm -hmm. so that you're having you know not having um, having the same sort of goals and understand the goals of, of the athlete and stuff yeah one final question to the both of you um what would your key piece of advice be um for young athletes and they're probably listening to this around performance anxiety laura i think two things 
embracing nerves are fine and good that like there's, there's a lot of people talk, oh, don't be nervous you should enjoy it you can be nervous and enjoy it at the same time and as Lewis said nerves mean you care so it's learning to embrace them but also what works best performance wise for you and how you deal with those nerves but not to try and make them go away but try and work around them and how to use them to your advantage so I think I think that's really key and also working out don't be afraid to try different things and work out what works best for you it's not the same for everyone um, but as long as you keep that key to embrace them rather than don't try and get just get rid of the, the nerves because you end up wasting way more energy on that like work out what works for you and how to embrace them and how to deal best with them very good yeah thank you for that yeah, excellent points there um yourself lewis anything else quite similar it's hard to it's hard to nail it down to only one or two but certainly um accept the nerves um because everyone has them don't look across the start line thinking oh they're not nervous um because they are they just are so accept your nerves and and embrace them um find your sweet spot find find where that sweet spot is whether it's a little bit more more hyped up than someone else or a little bit lower it doesn't matter it's your sweet spot find that sweet spot um and then experiment find out what how to get yourself to those once you've accepted once you know what your sweet spot is experiment go oh how, how's that best for me to get there is it sleeping in the back of the car is it just staying present is it listening to music podcast whatever find find that thing that helps you so yeah if i was to, i think that's three things yeah fantastic sort of uh um, points there and, and key takeaways for, for everybody for all of our listeners so um yeah but thanks a lot um yourself lewis and um, laura for being involved in our podcast episode today and um, thank you so also so as mentioned earlier, I encourage all listeners to watch any of our previous um, webinars and podcasts delivered on this topic area by the England Talent Programme. This can be found on the Talent Parent Programme webpage in the podcast section of the British Canoeing website. This podcast is available on the British Canoeing Awarding Body page and also on our Talent Parent Programme webpage on the podcast section of the British Canoeing website. It's also available to listen to on Spotify, Podbean or Apple podcast channels. Just follow our podcast name, British Canoeing Coaching. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.